Okay, let's get started with Parshas Kiseitze, Tavshin Ayin Zayin, as we Baruch Hashem are back in Eretz Yisrael. And uh, we get into the Parsha with the most mitzvos out of any, 74 mitzvos here in Parshas Kiseitze. And we start off with one of the more famous ones at the beginning of the Parsha, Ben Sorer Umora. Fascinating topic, which, at least according to one opinion in the Gemara, never happened. There are so many different rules exactly what is needed of to... Um, be a Ben Saramoret, what the parents have to be like, what the child has to be like. But the Torah tells us towards the end of Rishon. He doesn't listen to his parents, and they give him Malchus, and he still does not um, get onto the straight and what he's supposed to be doing. The his parents take him, they take him to the Zakanim, they take him to the Shar, and they say, This son of ours is a wayward son, a rebellious son. He does not listen to our voices. Zolel He is a glutton. Zolel and they put him to death. So many questions that come up with Ben Sorer Umore. The Rambam discusses this just uh, parenthetically in a, in a fascinating area. The Rambam, as we know, not only quote, uh, quotes all the the halachos in a specific seder, the first one in history to put all of all of halacha into the into an order into the books, but in some areas he created areas of halacha. Hilchos Mamrim is one of them, the halachas of being rebellious. Hilchos Mamrim, the Rambam in there, puts the halachas of Zakein Mamre and Kibbut Avaim and Ben Sorumore. So we have this uh, parsha, which probably is more, brings us more questions in Bisman than, than there are answers. Why is he need the Moshem Sofo? You know, what exactly does he do wrong? Many questions that come up. But if we look in the text of the Torah, and this is exactly what the, the Gemara emphasizes also, the roots of what the Bensorah Mora, a lot of what the Bensorah Mora does, has to do with eating. Has to do with overeating. Says the Torah. It says, says uh, Repinkus in source number one. If there is a child that doesn't listen to his parents, if he continues, very rare, very far-fetched that it's ever going to happen. And he quotes the Gemara and Hedron and Aleph. Uh, at least according to one opinion, it never was and never will be. We have to learn messages from the Ben Mora, even if it never happened. So what message could we learn from the Ben Mora? So as parents will say, our children have to listen to us. That's the message. They can't be... No, but what about we as, we as children have to learn also, and we as individuals, and we have Jew, as Jews. Says the Teferah Shimshon of Pincus, there's a lesson here, that applies to each and every one of us. Says the Teferah Shimshon. The Rambam, line number 11. What does the Torah say explicitly is the sin of the Ben Mora? He doesn't listen to his parents. Okay? A violation of Kibbut Aim. What else does the Torah say? Nothing except for two words. Zolel v'sovei. He is a glutton. He is what we might call in Yiddish a fresser. He is someone who overeats. 
That's what the Rambam says. Zolehu ochel basar baraf tanut. He eats meat with with a uh, acting as starving. The sovei hashose yain baraf tanut. What's the ikir kpeida? Ikir kpeida satorakan eno al shasam eza avera. Is it per se a sin what he did? He ate a lot. Which which iser? Which sif katan in the shulchan arach did he violate? Okay, maybe if it was Shabbos lunch and he didn't leave room for Shalashudas, okay, maybe that's something to talk about. But halachically, what did he do wrong? The Gemara even says it has to be kosher meat. It has to be kosher wine. Right? If it's treif, then you're not a ben So what's the, what is the Torah trying to, to uh, emphasize? It's the way the eating is done. It's not the content. It's not the heksher of the food but it's the texture of the act of the eating. Not only do we have to make sure that our food is kosher, we have to make sure how we eat is kosher as well. The Torah sees this is going to lead. This is going to lead to something. Or the Ramam continues, He eats meat, but he doesn't even wait till it's, till it's done. He grabs it. He he. He forces it down his throat. He just has to eat it quickly. And that, I think, applies to each and every one of us, says the Tefer Shimshon. We all eat. We all have to eat. But how do we eat? And what's our attitude? We know that he has a quote, Rabbeinu Bachai wrote a whole sefer about eating. Shulchan Shalarba. All about eating. Right? Because there's so much. Right? Whenever we choose to have any happy occasion, we eat. Right? Whenever we eat three times a day, we eat. We're always eating. It's a place where we could s- distinguish ourselves or sanctify ourselves or make ourselves very similar to just the, the other beings that walk on four legs. We have to eat. As the Rambam describes in Ilchas Deus, Think of examples. He quotes from Elia Lapian. Says sometimes we get something. It's burning hot. So what do we do? We blow a little bit and then we eat it anyway. Then we burn our mouth and we get all upset and we take a drink. Why can't we just wait for 25 seconds? Why can't we wait 90 seconds? Says Lapian, or one of the tzaddikim, I have a great way to cool off your food. Learn two mishnais. That's the best way to cool off your food. After that, you won't have to blow. There's no worry about burning one's mouth. How we eat. Zolel v'sove. And Rahman al-Islan, if we think about maybe some... Sometimes what happens at some of our makomos akadoshim, some of our shuls, what happens after enkelokenu, what happens, you know, when there's a, a hot kiddush? No, we have to realize we can't be like a ben sorah al-islan. We can't even eat in a, a way that our children, our children should know what proper eating is. And again, it's not about the kashris of the food; it's about the kashris of our eating. And maybe. The fact that this Spencer Amora, which never happened according to some, is of Misa, is showing us the severity of what this could lead. The severity of this is one of the actions, the Gemara says, that we have in common with animals. We have to eat. Animals have to eat. But how it's done is how we could really distinguish ourselves 
and make ourselves um, different than all the other beings in the world. That's what he writes on line 28. School of Baduka Manusa. Lakaris Amarak. You want to know how to cool off the soup? Magic. Say a few Mishnayis in front of the soup and it'll cool off. You want to sing, sing a Zemer? Okay, we could also do that. Whatever it is. But one has to realize that this is the root of Ben Sora Amor. Again, is there an exception to the rule? Not really, though we're about to see the Meshachachma, who suggests somewhat of an exception, but it's still, it might be somewhat understandable, but it's not really excusable. What's the Meshachachma talking about? The Meshachachma in source number two talks about, discusses a Tosefta in Negaim. Right? This is not quoted in the Shulchan Aruch because the Shulchan Aruch doesn't talk about uh, many of these halachas. Amr Rabbi Nasan, Eim Ben Yerushalayim. There are a number of halachos that don't apply in Yerushalayim. Here in Idachas, the Gemara says, there's no Ben Soramor in Yerushalayim. Why not? Why not? V'nira lihatam, says the Meshachachma, in his classic creative way. V'nira lihatam apisha amru b'psachim, b'psachim davnun zayim. Su'u sh'arim ha'sheichem v'yikanis yochanan ben narbai v'yimali kreisum ikadshe shamayim. There was a certain member of Chazal that always made sure there was no nosar in the Beis HaMikdash. There was never any leftover meat. He ate a ton. Why? It doesn't say that he did this at home. The emphasis is in the base Hamigdash. And the emphasis is there was never no sir left. Why what's the what's the Tosefta trying to tell us? That the the um, mentality of Yochanan ben Narbai was to make sure there was no Nosar left in the Beis Hamigdash. And suggest the Meshachachma, maybe that even applies to all of Yerushalayim, Meisr Shani and Shlamim. There, there's the Chefza of food that can't be left over. So that's why one shouldn't, but maybe it's understandable if one eats a little more and quicker. Well, you have to finish, you have to finish by, by, the, by Chatzos, you have to finish by whatever the, the deadline is. Lachain, says the Meshachachma. In this context, you know, what could you do? But Bisman Hazed, we don't have any of that. Bisman Hazed, there is never no sar. If somebody is full, leave over the food. Ah, Baltashchis? No. There's the counter pressure of Ensor So we could save the food, we could give it to Aniyim, you could give it to someone else, but we have to realize that, you know, how we eat plays such a role in our lives, and we have to make sure that we act appropriately in, in all the ways that um, even if we are worrying about our physical bodies, we have to do it in a sanctified and spiritual way. Okay, that gets us started, but again, that's a message that we can take with us from Ben Sora Moreh, Jerosh, the Kabbal Schar. Good, let's continue. Again, so many mitzvos in this week's parsha. Let's go to right after Ben Sora Moreh. We have the mitzvah of uh, Skila, or Talia, the Isra of Talia, which is learned out, one of the psukim about uh, the mitzvah of Kavura, Kikavartik Ranabayamahu. Then we have Perachabes. Lotiret Sharachicha Os Seyoni Dachim, Vihisalamta Mehem. Do not see your friend's ox or sheep wandering, and you shall turn away. Don't do that. Hashev Teshivem Laachicha. The mitzvah Sasei of Ashavasaveda. 
And if your brother is not close, bring him into your house. Bring it. Right? And the uh, save it until your neighbor comes. The mitzvah say of Hashavas Avedah, the mitzvah Losa say of Otuchalisali. Is there a limit or a maximum how much one has to spend on Hashavas Avedah? So the Gemara has limitations. In terms of if, if what I do, my profession, you know, I will lose a ton of money, there's a limit about how much one has to spend on a mitzvah saseh. Here it's a little trickier, because there's a mitzvah saseh also. There's a negative commandment. Though the Ari showed him that say, the lo saseh by Hashem HaSavid is really just to strengthen the mitzvah saseh. The Ramban and the Ritva quote that in Meseches Kedushin. But what about the following question? The Chashuke Chemed of Zerberstein asks, this is the story. Source number four. There was a story. A group of Jews went to Davin and Kivrit Sadikim. They stayed over in a hotel one night. And in the, in the morning, they got on the bus to drive to Kivrit Sadikim. They weren't going back to the Malone. They took all their stuff on the bus. After about a half an hour, one of the travelers on the bus said, wait, I forgot something in the hotel. We have to go back. I forgot it. The One of the other passengers says, we're not going back. But a half an hour to go back, half an hour to go back, we lose an hour. We lose an hour of dominating. We lose an hour so this is not exactly a lost item. The Chashuk Echemed discusses this in Elam by lost items. It's similar. It was, he forgot it, and now he has to go back. Does everyone else, to fulfill the mitzvah of Hashavah Saveda, we might say, oh, it's his own fault, but there's no limit of Hashavah Saveda on that. Unless somebody does it on purpose. That's called a Veda Midas. If somebody puts their item in the middle of the street on purpose, there's no mitzvah of Hashavah Saveda. If somebody forgot something, there's a mitzvah. So here, this person forgot this machshir yakar. And the passenger says, well, I don't care. I want to go to be mispal. I'm going to, I'm going to lose, a, lose an hour. Lo muchan levater al kach. Kedesha lechaver yibsah saveda so. Hagam shezeh begeder mitzvah Hashavah Saveda. Who is the halacha like? Do you have to go back or not? I'm giving up an hour of my life for you. But I want to go Davin. I came all this way to Davin. I came to Davin. I want to Davin. So we might say, well, it's his fault. You know, he left his item there. That's true. It's his fault. He might have put himself into that situation. But right now, the question is, is there a mitzvah of a Shavu Do I have to go beyond? So, Elu Hayam Poel, says Rav Zoberstein, if there was a worker here that would lose money, if he would go back, then that's, there's limitations. As we've said, you only have to spend a certain amount on every mitzvah. So the person would have to pay him if he would want him to go back. As it says, Line 13. But here, they're all on a trip. So you might say, oh, wait a minute, they're going to Davin and Kivrit Tzadikim. Zoberstein, which mitzvah is it to Davin and Kivrit Tzadikim? Which mitzvah is it that would beat the mitzvah of Hashem Saveda? Davening? Davening is a mitzvah, yes. Daraisa, Rabbanan, it's a mitzvah. But is there a specific mitzvah to Davin and Kivrit Tzadikim? No. 
There's a nice minhag to daven and kivri tzadikim. Some people would say, just stay in your own shul and daven. Maybe there's more kedusha in a shul or in a base medrash, whatever, without getting into that. Whether there is or not, at most, it's a minhag. And therefore, says of Zoberstein, me'ikar hadin. In this case, he would say that if they're only going to lose, they're not going to lose anything else, they're not going to lose money, adif, the, mit, the, the greater segula for the people on the bus is to go back. Because that's a mitzvah Davening on the bus. What are you? What are you? What are you missing? So they're within the same city. You can also daven at the, uh, the to have the kever in mind. What a skula! Right, we have to have to have to know what uh, to know what the hierarchy is. You know what your job is? The niftarim would say, "Do the mitzvah. Don't daven by me. Do the mitzvah." Always important to remember what's a mitzvah daraisa, what's a mitzvah darabanan, what's a minhag. Right, the, the post can even talk about. Let's say there are two avelim in uh, in the shul, and they both want to daven for the yamud. Who said it's a greater schut? Uh, obviously, there's an idea of davening for the yamud, but let's say I know the other person really wants to daven. So it's also a tremendous chus for the niftar to be a mevater, to let the other person daven. Right? And that's also, we have to remember, not everything, davening for the Amun is a minog. Right? Letting somebody else is a mitzvah of Avtarecha Kamocha, a mitzvah of Gemilas Chesed, a mitzvah that, that if one has kavana, one could have many uh, elements related to that act. Okay, it doesn't mean that to be mevater always, but I could always try. But if I see the person really wants it, so then that also is a chus, just as another example. Uh, we always have to remember what are our chiyuvim, what are our minhagim, and in this case, the mitzvah could be a greater skula, so to speak, than the uh, than the minhag. Okay. Next mitzvah, jam packed. Look, kligever, kligever alisha, kligever simlatisha. By the way, answer to a trivia question that uh, maybe we've asked in the past. What are the now we know the answer already? But what out of the six hundred and thirteen, how many mitzvahs only apply to women? And not to men. Out of the six thirteen, not too many. Carbon yoledes, carbon yoledes, nida is on both. The same iser. Carbonus of a zava, right? Possibly and right here, clay gever beged ish. Two separate mitzvahs counted by the poskim by the rishonim. So here's one right here. Beged ish only applies obviously to a woman. But then we have right before shlishi, the mitzvah of shiluach hakan. One of the mitzvahs where we have Arichas Yomi mentioned in the Torah. Ki kari kan tzipar When you have a kan tzipar, you have the nest in front of you. Badera b'chol eitzah la'aretz efrochim obeitzim little chicks or eggs. B'chaim rovetzas ala efrochim and the mother is hovering over the chicks o al habeitzim or on the eggs as if we, we just said that. If there are Ephrochim and and the mother is hovering over the Ephrochim and Beitzim, don't take the mother. Send the mother away. Take the children, take the offspring. Arichas Yamim, one of the more famous mitzvahs with Arichas Yamim. We know the story in Kiddushin about the son who went to do Shiloh Hakan on the tree, up the tree. Okay. Question asks Rip Saratska and Laznayim Torah. Why only buy birds? Why not buy chayos? Right, we find, for example, the mitzvah of kisui hadam, the mitzvah of covering the blood, applies to ophos and chayos. 
right? There's a mitzvah of, of kosher chelev, non-kosher shuman, and non-kosher chelev, right? Chayos are similar to ophos in certain regards. So why here, let's say if there is a deer with a, what's a little deer, a fawn, right? A deer with its offspring, or any other animal, a lion cub, well that might be a little dangerous, but any other animal, a cat, a dog, right, with its puppies, Right, chew away. Okay, those aren't kosher. So here you want a kosher one. Okay, so think of a kosher animal. Right, so why dafka bird? Why dafka bird? Nifla hadavar, says the Sarotskin source 5. Shabachal makom chaya va'of. She'enam alpirov misurim bidehadam. Chayos, non-domesticated animals and birds, which are mostly not in the house. Shavim, they're equal in many halachos. Kamol le'inin kisi adamu, le'inin chalbam shumuter, as we just said. Ophos and Chayos are similar in two other regards, so why aren't they similar here? You can take it without shooing away the mother. What's the difference? What's unique? A couple of weeks ago, I think we spoke about a maharal that discusses Jews being compared to birds. Birds being somewhat more spiritual than other creatures, other animals, in that it flies up, right? It's connected more to the heavens than any other animals. So another thought about birds. This one is not unique to birds, but it makes birds different than chayos. Birds are different than any other chayo or behema. Not different than other reptiles. It's similar within what we'll see, but at least Chayas and Behemus. How? They lay eggs. And they sit on the eggs for a certain amount of time, sometimes weeks, months, until they hatch. Other animals don't have that. They give birth to live offspring. Think about it, says Rav Sarotskin. Other animals give birth to their offspring. They're kind of recognizable that that's their offspring. A deer gives birth to a deer. The mother deer instinctively knows that that's a deer. They recognize, they can smell Deer know who deer are, and penguins know who penguins are. They all, they all stay together. But what if there's an egg? An egg, what, doesn't look like me, doesn't uh, smell like me, doesn't... How does an egg connect? And not only does an egg connect, there's more Messiris Nefesh sitting on the egg, just sitting there doing nothing for weeks and months and something starving itself. Right, an egg. There's no life. Even human beings don't have a choice. The egg is all the way inside, but we have intellect to know what's going to be. Does the animal have intellect? No, it's instinct. But what's the instinct? This innate love, connection that the bird has. The egg doesn't look anything like the bird. It's hard. It's not furry. Right, it's not uh, playful. The mother is Moseres Nefesh. Weeks at a time without eating and drinking. And warms it until 
until she sees her offspring. So her pain, if you were to take away her chicks, so that's, that's even... The Torah is hinting to us about this element. Tzara gadol ma'od. Because as we know, the more you give, the more you love. As Rav Dessler writes, the more you give, the more this mother bird gives. She must have nafsha love. ava. According to the love, shenata shembala pribitna gadol hatzar. And therefore, and the Torah emphasizes twice, Ephrochim obeitsim. To emphasize why and what's unique to the birds. Lashmia. Right? What other animal lays eggs that's kosher that you would take all the other ones, uh, turtles and uh, and um, uh, snakes? So a bird is the common one. And even so, that is that's the bird. And then he ends off by saying, and you might think that I'm not allowed to even write this whole thought. Because the Mishnah says that if you try to give a svara for the mitzvah of Kansipar, you know, it's blasphemous. So one might think that, that the, uh, you know, there's a apikarsus. Even though the Torah says, that we're not supposed to think about reasons for mitzvah, specifically for this mitzvah, that only means if we say the reason and we think that this is it and there's, and there's no other reason. If we make suggestions about things that we learn from the mitzvah that is still allowed, and therefore says the Azayim uh, Latorah, Mikimach Ayyipanim Latorah, Mutter Lomar Tamim Shonim LaMitzvah, Lovachalo Lisbach Altamzu Bavados. Okay. So the Torah gives us insight into the animal kingdom. Moving right along. Skipping now, there are a number of halachas and mitzvahs in the parsha that have to do with male-female relationships. Certain isurim, the mitzvah of marriage, the mitzvah of shana rishona, the mitzvah of machzor grushaso, the halacha machzor grushaso. Says the Torah here now in Parachav Gimel Pasuk Dalid. Also, some nations who are not allowed to marry. Lo yavo amoniu moavipikahal Hashem, amon and moav, the males not allowed bikahal Hashem. Gam Dora Siri, also the tenth generation. Lo Yavola Hebekalashem Adolam cannot marry in. Why does it emphasize the tenth generation? Because we know Mitzri Adomi are limited to three generations, as the Torah says. or two generations, and the third is allowed in. The Torah writes that if I took him later. That's why it has to emphasize ten generations. But asks Rev Schwab, what about the last two words? Even the tenth generation cannot marry in. Period. But there's two more words. Ad olam. Forever and ever. What's the emphasis? Without those two words, we already know. It says even the 10th generation. Ad olam. What are those two words? Yeshla ayin. Source number six now. Says Rav Schwab. Bekavanas ha'usaf ad olam. So after all, not only what are those two words telling us, they're not true. It's not true. Why? After all, we know. Does that halacha apply today? If I met an Ammonite, I'm allowed to marry them. Why? Because the Gemara says, Sancherev, Melech Asher, was Meval Bel Kolomos. He put it, said everybody into Gaulus. So there are no Ammon and Ammonites and Moabites. As the Gemara says, Amor Yeshua Lehuda, Ger Ammoni, Mutter Lavo Bekal Mitamzeh. 
So ask Rav Schwab, number one, it's extra. Number two, it's wrong. So what are we supposed to learn from this, from this Pasuk? The Niresha Rotel Rame says Rav Schwab, a Chiddush. And maybe this is even an example of a place where the Torah is hinting to a future event so much later in history. Maybe exactly what the Torah is doing is to say, yes, even after Sancherev. What does that mean? We know where the land of Ammon and Moab is today. We know Jordan and those areas. Says Rav Schwab, He doesn't say the word Asur, but he says Kedai. It's appropriate not to allow them in either if they're from the land of Ammon and Moab. If, though biologically we're not sure, but this is where they've been these thousands of years. Remember why Ammon and Moab, why they rejected the Ramban on this week's Parsha? Because they don't have the Midah of Akaras Atov. They don't have the basic trait of, hey, Avraham Avinu saved your, saved your, your forefather. Right, so basic, basic gratitude. They don't have that, says the Ramban, and therefore they're not allowed to marry in. If we're in a land that is known for lack of gratitude, and even though we brought in other lineage, other yichus, that's enough to say it's kedai. It's kedai to stay away. Many came back, and even if not all of them, but at least there's a mixture. They learned from those people. Maybe that's the Ad Olam. He doesn't say that it's Mamish Asr, because it doesn't say that. It says in the Gemara, it says it's Mutter. Gemara says if there's an Ammonite or a Moabite or an Amaleki that comes over to me today and says, right, Amaleki, you don't have a mitzvah because, you know, biological Amalek obviously uh, at least doesn't exist. But Amon and Moab, he says, but maybe that's the Ad Olam. Don't marry them, and Ad Olam, even at a time where it's mutter, better not to. Not everything that is mutter is allowed, as we started off tonight, how we eat, and not only giving hechsherim for the food, but the way we eat. Even after Sancherev, mixed up the nations. Though there is a idea to be marchik them because it is better for us to stay away. And then he even adds, turning over the page, says maybe this would help us understand a pasig in Sefer Nechemiah. Says the Pasik on line five, Bayomahu, Nikra Basefer Moshe, Baznehaam, they read from the Torah. Vinimsa Kasuv Bo, and they saw again what was the one of the major sins at that time? The Jews at the after the seventy years when they were ready to go to rebuild the base of Megdash, intermarriage. Intermarriage, terrible plague of intermarriage at that time. So they op- it says they opened up the Torah and they saw Asher Lo Yavo Amoniu Moavi, Pikala Lokim Adolam. Basically repeats the pasuk from the Torah. So what they do? They heard this, right? A famous story. They they saw that they opened up. This is what uh, is is uh, written in the Torah. So they separated and they divorced all of their. They separated from their uh, non-Jewish wives. 
asks her swab, call her kasuvbo. What does it mean? They found that it was written there. What do you mean they found that it was written there? What? Just open the Zchidish? Zilkar Beirav, it's a Pasuk in Chumash. But when they found, wow, lo yavav oni. What, what, because they forgot, they had forgotten? Number one, v'gam shadavar zayi b'tchilas mei b'yashani. And also, amon Moav, this was b'yashani. This was hundreds of years after Sancherev. Right, so what, harbi zman l'achar Sancherev, shabil b'lkam es b'nei amon. Od yesh l'havin. I should say about 150 years after uh, Sancherev. And also, what does it mean at the end? So number one, what's the Chiddush of they found Nimsa? Number two, it wasn't true anymore. Sancherev was already Mavalbel. And what they do? They separated Kol Erev Yisrael. Every mixture. It doesn't say Kol Bnei Amon. It says the mixture they separated. It says the Shwab, it's referring to our Chiddush. Right? They weren't sure anymore. Exactly right. But they emphasize, what does the Pazak and Nechemi quote from the Torah? Ad Olam. It quotes those two words. It says the Shwab, that's what's being alluded to, and that's what's the Torah is, te- is the, the Navi is alluding to us. Sheba Emes. Lo hayu elu b'nei Amun. They weren't really b'nei Amun anymore. Elashar anashim. Shehisiyashvu be'eretz Amun. It was the rest of the people that settled there. V'achzu maise b'nei Amun b'dayem. And they continued the ways. Right? He, he's not even talking about what the Beis HaLevi talks about in Parshas Noach, where the land and the environment itself you know, has absorbed certain types of uh, midos rose, like, the, like in the time of the Mabul, that the animals you know, went with the Eina Mina. He's not even talking about it in a, in a metaphysical way. But he's saying no, because there are some B'nai Amo there, even if you don't know for sure, but they were mixed in, and it's Kedai, as he says, L'Racheik, those who have these midos rose. And therefore it's Kedai to separate. Again, what if one would meet someone with Midos Tovos Umishubachos Ma'od? Maybe we would apply that that Shuva that Ramosha has. We mentioned this years ago in a Parsha Shir, where someone asked Ramosha Feinstein that their child was going out with a with a uh, with someone who whose parents did not grow up Orthodox. And he says, I'm not sure, she hadn't been to a mikvah. Remote, and, and, there's a, and there's a chazal that say that, you know, that it's affected, a pagum. And Ramosha answers, do they have all the milas? Do they have, are they bali chesed, rachmanim, b'ashem, and chasadim? That's a raya. That, maybe the mother went to the ocean that day. Maybe, haraya, that this is from a uh, miuchas. So maybe the same thing would be here too. If there is, if there, if there are midos tovos, mishubachos an ma'od. But if one doesn't know, says Rav Schwab, again, if there is anyone from Ammon and Moab, that's what's being alluded to in the Torah with those two words. Okay. So now let's talk about who we are allowed to marry. We spoke about who we're not allowed to marry, two of them, Ammon and Moab. Let's talk about, though, who we're allowed to marry, and maybe not even who we're allowed to marry, but the concept of marriage. The concept of the marriage, the Gemara tells us on the first off in Sota, 40 days, Arboam Yom Kodim Yitzhira Savlad, Machrizim Bashamayim Basploni Laploni. Right? Forty days before the Basko goes out, Basploni Laploni, right? The concept of Bashert, this is one of the sources in Chazal of the concept, and the Gemara learns that from Torah Nevi Maksuvim, also in Moed Kata. Hakodesh Baruchu is involved in Eridach. Hakodesh Baruchu is Mazavik Zivugim. And the following story illustrates that. Hakodesh Baruchu plays a role in every Shidduch. Ubinyan Zem is super ala Sultan Yishma Ili Meir Istanbul. 
Yeah, the source story from uh, Pini Atara. There was a sultan, a Muslim sultan, Sha'amar Pam, La Rava Rashish Dinaso, he told the Rav in Istanbul, you say you say God is in charge of every marriage. Not true. I'm in charge. I could do it. Not humans. What? You need, a, you need divine involvement. I can make shiduchim. I can make perfect shiduchim. It's okay. Fine. You could try, but if you don't believe that God has a has a say in it, a hand in it, you're not going to succeed. I'm sure that I'm going to succeed. What happened? The following story. The Sultan met a, found a single girl. The nice, young, beautiful girl. And he gave her a letter. There was a single officer that he knew who was out in the field. And he'll give you, if you give him this letter, he'll give you a hundred zuz. What was written in the letter? That the Sultan commands this prince to marry this woman who's giving him the letter. So he says, perfect. I'm making the shidduch. What could go wrong? And he'll pay on the way there, she met a old and poor lady. Asher Biksha, she said, could you help me out of nothing, food, something? She had Rachmanes. So she says to the Zakena, look, I have a letter that I'm supposed to deliver and I'm going to be paid a hundred zuz for it. So you know what? You go deliver it. You go deliver it so you'll get your hundred zuz. He gives her the letter. She says, "Thank you so much. Thank you so much." She goes and gives the uh, she gives the letter to the um, to the sar. And the sar sees that he has to pay a hundred zuz, and the sultan commands that he has to marry the woman that gave her the letter, that gave him the letter. So what can you do? You can't argue with the sultan if you don't. If you don't, if you argue with the sultan, then you're not going to live too long. And he marries her. He marries her. Laacharzman, turning the page. After a little amount of time, the sultan had a misiba at a party. He invited everyone. And who walks in? This sar walks in. And he starts, this sar starts taking different things from the table and like making a doggy bag. You know, taking food. It's palea sultan. What are you doing? Shaloto. What are you taking all this food for? What's happening? Anolo asar. Yeshli shesekenai. I have an old wife. Enlo shinai. She doesn't have teeth anymore. I gotta take this food to, to, uh, to soften it, to give it to her. Sultan send you a gorgeous young woman. What are you talking about? Sultan, I, I followed your instructions. I, I married the one who brought the letter. The sultan was Mavara, he realized what happened. He ran to the Rava Rashi and said, Moshe MS, Visoraso MS. Kurdish Baruch was in charge. If we think that we are in charge of Mizavik Zivugim, it's not going to work. And that's also related to the Gemara Mesechas Tainus. The Gemara Tainus describes in the first parak, on Davdalim, in source number 10, Amrish Rabbi Achmeni Armeonasan, Shlosha Shalu Shaloka Hogan. There were three people in Tanakh who had an inappropriate request of God. They basically kind of put God in a corner. And what happened? 
Two of them got, two of them got an appropriate and okay response. One of them did not. One of them got a tragic response. Eliezer, who were the three people who made requests, who were in, they're all inappropriate requests. Eliezer Evad Avraham, Shaul ben Kish, the Yiftach Agiladi. Right? One from Torah, one from Shmuel, and one from Shoftim. Eliezer Evad Avraham, what was, what was wrong with Eliezer? Whichever woman gives me water and my camel's water. Whoever does it, that's taking a big chance. That's forcing God to choose the second of the imahos. You know what? You know, could have been a very inappropriate person to be the aim be Israel. But Rivka. Thank God it all worked out. Rivka Imenu came, the young girl, and she was the one. Shaul Ben Kish, second one, who asked inappropriately. Shaul Amelech. Dirsiv. Interesting here why he's called Shaul ben Kish. Dirsiv. Vaya Ishasher Yakenu, Yashrenu Amalek Osher Gadol, Vesbito Yitainlo. Right, what is the Sefer Shmuel? When Goliath was standing there cursing the Jews, what does Shaul say? Whoever kills Goliath will get a lot of money and will win my daughter's hand in marriage. He backtracked on that afterwards. But either way, that's what he promised. Yochol Afilo Ebed Afilo Mamzer. So who could have, who might have killed Goliath? Somebody who was a miyuchas, an eved. Hey, Shiva Kahogav, it is down below David. Baruch Hashem, it all worked out. David Amelech married Meirav, maybe. Machlokas of the Gemara, married Michal. Okay, so far, so good. Yiftach Hagiladi. Yiftach, Dechsiv, you know, Yiftach went to fight one of the Shoftim, went to fight one of the battles for Klai and he says, Hashem, whatever goes out of my house, First, when I get back, if Shem of you in the war, I'm going to be makriv that item to you. So he was taking a chance. Could have been a non-kosher animal, pig. And what walked out? His daughter walked out. Machlokas Rishonim. What exactly happened in the end? Did he actually kill his daughter or did she just go into the forest and remain celibate and alone for the rest of her life? Machlokas, the last Ramban in Sefer Vayikra, discusses that. But either way, these are the three, the three people who asked Shaloka Hogan. Shaul and Eliezer and Yiftach. And the question that's asked is what's the difference between the first two and the third? So they all asked inappropriately. So why did the first two merit an answer, Kahogan, a good answer, while Yiftach, no. Yiftach, they all had, they all uh, were inappropriate. The Gemara starts off by saying they were all inappropriate. So why did Yiftach lose, so to speak, Suggest the Achronim, but this is in the name of Rav Shach or others, the first two had to do with marriage. And therefore, relying on God when it comes to marriage, they, yes, the Gemara says it was Shaloka Hogan, but Akadosh Baruch Hu was involved because it's marriage. Right? David and Eliezer, the third one, had nothing to do with marriage. Right? Tosf is there, and they, I didn't give you the Tosf, Tosf is there, it discusses. What about, you know, Asni uh, al There's another one that has to do with marriage. But Ach uh, Sabito. Either way, but this is the same idea as we just saw in the story. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is involved in Shiduchim, in marriage, Arboam Yom Kodem. And we have to daven. We have to daven that every single person in the world finds HaKadosh Baruch Hu is, shows his chesed to each person that is looking for their Shidduch to be able to find it in the, uh, 
in the in the fastest way possible. Everybody should be blessed with finding their their appropriate their appropriate sheikh. Okay, moving right along. Towards the end of the parsha, now we're going to skip a little bit, going to Perachavhei. Perachavhei, those, those learning Dafyomi, Mesecha Sanhedrin. There's a lot of Sanhedrin here, and here's one of them. Malchus ki Yeriv ben Anashim. Perachavhei. When there is an argument between two people, v'nikshu al hamishpat u'shvatum, and they go to judgment, and they're judged. V'hitstiku asatzadik, they make righteous the righteous. V'hirshiu asarasha, and they make wicked the wicked, the one who is guilty. If he is guilty, they, they give him lashes. Right, 40, really 39, and uh, you can't give more. Interesting, asks Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky, that the word tzaddik is used here. What does the word tzaddik usually mean? What does it mean in this context? Clearly, tzaddik here means the one who has the MS with him. Right, he wins the court case. The hitstiku es atzadik, mivuar shaakinu itzadik nofel al zesho haemes vahadinito. Right, the one that has the ms with him, that's the tzadik. Says Rav Yaakov, if this is what tzadik means, we have a deeper understanding of the last mishnah in Shas, which maybe we've all heard very often at a siyum on Shas, but there's a simple question. That Rabbi Yaakov asks on it, and now we have what we could say. If anybody ever has to speak at a siyum, right here at a siyum on Shas, right? Here's what you say. Here's something to say. The Mishnah at the end of Uksim. Hashem in the future is going to give to every tzaddik, shy olamos, 310 olamos, to every tzaddik. And the Tosas Yantav says, what's the chol tzaddik v'tzaddik? Nearly, what does it mean, every tzaddik v'tzaddik? This is the Mishnah talking. What rabbis are we talking? We're talking about chazal. So, says the Tosas Yantif, the Osrim, the Matirim, whoever it is, Kodesh Baruch is going to give them all great 310 worlds. Answer back of Kamenetsky. The Chachamim of the Mishnah weren't known as Sadiqim. They were known as, as I just said, Chachamim. Chazal. What's Chazal? Chachamim, Zichron Levracha. We don't usually call them Sadiqim. So why Dafka, in this last Mishnah, does the phrase say, Every tzaddik but tzaddik. And, and what's, and what does the Tosfos Yandav say? It means the Osrim and the Matirim. Shouldn't the Mishnah say, Asid kol chacham vechacham? And each chacham gives their own opinion. The das hamatirim and the das haosrim. Echichane hatan es hachacham b'shem tzaddik. Says Yav Yaakov, no, no, that's exactly the point. What does our Pasuk teach us what the definition of tzaddik means? Tzaddik means somebody who has the MS on his side. The hitstiku es tzaddik. That's how the Torah uses the word tzaddik. Amnam, line fourteen. Kivan shalomanu sheshem tzaddik nofal azeshe emesito asi shapir hishmianu hatana imkain. I'm sorry, hishmianu hatana. Sha'avah bisharbi pamim nechlokim chachem mishazem zeh. Says Rabbi Yaakov, this relates to something I like to talk about. Even when two rabbis argue in the Mishnah, elu ve'elu dirielokim chayim, they're both right. They both have the MS with them. Yes, we might paskin like one of the opinions, but as the Gemara says in Erevin, Elu ve'elu dibrilakim chayim, that's dafka, why the words tzaddikim are used in the last Mishnah. Because tzaddik means whoever has the MS with him. And when you make a him on Shas, we emphasize that every shita quoted in all Shas Mishnayis, there's MS with that shita. 
How could it be emes with that shita? That's how Kodesh Baruch created the world. As Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky writes, I gave it to you. He writes it in a few places in his commentary a la Torah. I gave you the one in Bracious, in Aleph Chavav. In, oh, I'm sorry. First, let's f- finish reading source number 10. This is, this is on our Pasha. I've already explained in a few places. This wondrous idea. How can there be a machlokas, right? Our fourth grader comes home and says, I learned Mishnah today, and our fourth grader asks us, okay, so who's right? And we say, they're both right. And he looks at us strangely to himself. Well, two and two is only four. And when you mix two colors, it only produces another color. What does it mean they're both right? There's no other subject like this. And the answer is yes. The answer is the Torah believes in multiple truths. And that, says Rabbi Yaakov, is what this Tzaddik, Mitzaddik, and, and MS is teaching us. He talks about, there are two levels of MS. There's what he calls MS La Amita and MS Yachasit, relative truth and absolute truth. There might be an MS that, so to speak, HaKadosh Baruch Hu knows about in Shamayim, but Hashem lets us determine the truth in Halacha as well. Lo Ba Shamayimi, as Rabbi Yeshua said. Once the Torah was given to the Chachma Yisrael, Emes was thrown to the ground. What is he referring to? He's referring to the Medrash. Referring to the Medrash that we'll quote in a second, but let's just finish the piece here. He says, now we understand. The sea of the last line in Shas. Sadik with Sadik, but how Shas end off? Hashem owes the Amo Yitain, owes the Torah. Hashem gives the Torah to his to his people. Hashem yivarech asamo b'shalom. Hashem blesses us with peace, meaning shuv balatainas b'shalom shaladam b'leiktatim shachalachal yivakish emes lamito. Everyone will have their emes, and in that way, um, Torah will will survive. What measures is he referring to? Again, this has come up before. He quotes it in source number eleven, back in Brachos. The Medrash talks about how the angels were arguing whether it was a good idea to create mankind. Better machlokas about it. Amr Rabbi Simon, line 2. B'shosh about Kaddish Baruch Hu Levro says Adam HaRishon. When Hashem wanted to create Adam, Nasu Malachi Asharis Kitim Kitim, V'chaburos Chaburos, the angels started arguing. Mayhem Omrim Al Yivra, some said don't create man. Mayhem Omrim Yivra, some say do create man. Hadu D'chsev, Chesed V'emes Nifkashu, Tzedek V'shalom Nashaku. Who was on what side? Chesed said create, Emes said don't create. Tzedek said, create. Shalom said, don't create. Two on two. So what does the measure say? Hashem took MS, threw it to the ground. And therefore what? It's all two to one. So, you know, we win. Hashem creates. Now, why did he take MS and throw it to the ground? The answer is, what does it mean he took MS and threw it to the ground? Hashem created another type of MS. Hashem created not only MS Shamaimis, Absolute, but MS Yachasit, MS Artsis, as he calls it there, MS that flows from below, not just from above. And therefore, says Rabbi Yaakov, turning over now to the uh, to the uh, source number twelve, says that's the pshat of the Medj, that there's a different levels of truth, and that's why the last mission Shas says Sadik Vitzadik, because we learn in our parsha that Sadik means. Someone who has the MS on his side, the Hitstiku is Sadik, and that is why the uh, Mishnah ends that way, and that's what's taught to us by this, the usage of tzaddik in our, in our parsha. We still have to figure out then, then the people in 
the Torah and in Chazal who are called Sadik. How to fit in that definition? Noach was called a Sadik. Right? Noach is Sadik Tamimaya Badarosav. He was right. Right? Or Hashem Paro says, Hashem had Sadik, Va'ani Va'ami Harashayim. Right? So you have to figure, you have to work out the definition of Sadik in the other context also. Right? We've mentioned other ideas of Sadik in the past, but this is the one that's suggested by Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky. And we'll end off this year, had a, had a focus more on their Achronim, their Ashirim, Rishonim, Achronim. We had some Gemaras too, but we'll end off with the Aptarav. End off with the Aptarav on the last section of the Parsha. And that is the story of Amalek. There's a mitzvah. The Mepharshim explained there's an, there's an irony to the mitzvah of Amalek. There's a mitzvah to wipe out Amalek, but there's a mitzvah to remember Amalek. But if you wipe it out too much, then you don't remember. So there's a mitzvah to remember to wipe out, but those two kind of go in opposite directions. But we don't have the problem yet because Amalek is still not wiped out. We'll figure out. But Zachar, remember what Amalek did to you. And then it says, Timcha, Zechar Amalek. How can you be mocha the Zechar when you have to remember? But either way, says the Avdarav, besides the actual Amalek that has to be wiped out, the nation, there's an Amalek within each of us. Says the Oiv Yisrael, says the Avdarav, a thought that's appropriate for always, but especially during the time of Elul, there's an Amalek within us. What does that Amalek within us do? Va'ata yef v'yageya. The Amalek within us makes us weary. Right? Makes us tired. Makes us not psyched to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And that laziness, that lack of excitement, leads to a lack of Yerat Shemayim. Maybe one that plays off on the other. But we have to be Timchez, Zerachar Amalek. V'zesh Amar HaKasuv, second paragraph. I'm sorry, let's just start from the beginning. Where it's underlined. We not only, only commanded to wipe out the nation. The evil that's in our hearts. As long as there's a Malik, the Shem Shemayim cannot be Nisgadel. And that's why he says in the second paragraph, We're not psyched, we're not using our mouth. So that's also, right? Kiseitzi is always during Elul. Amalek, the Amalek within us that makes us tired after the summer. It's hard to get into the Elul mode, to get into the focus. That Rosh Hashanah is in a couple of weeks. But that's what this parasha tells us. Sachar is Asher HaSalacha Amalek. What Amalek has done to us in the past, while Amalek continues to do to us, and we have to be Timcha Ezerach HaMalek, we have to wipe it out, and we have to be Mechazik ourselves in Torah, in Tefillah, in Chesed. And then he says at the end, with the bracha of Akeni Ratzon, we should be Zochel, to defeat Amalek, and to wipe him out, to destroy his memory. Totally, it will only be wiped out with Mashiach, from here of Yemenu, Kain Yehi Ratzon. Okay, we'll stop here. Hashem, we will... Continue next time.